Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox, and myself, Brady Quinn. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Why are you messing with Lee like that, man? Uh, <laughs> horrible, Jonas. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a horrible person, Jonas. I mean, you know, it's London, and you're turning it into, you know. <laughs> I'm I mean, just saying, sometimes that accent could make things happen. Yeah. <laughs> that goes both ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's that, a two-way street. That is Listen, very true. I got Lee's back. They love right. our broken English there. Yeah. No, I'm not going to let anything happen. Uh, it is uh, two pros and yeah, a cup right. of Joe here on Fox sure Sports Radio. It's Lamar uh, Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. And you can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever the hell you are. Welcome to Super Bowl week. It is a Monday. We'll take you all the way up through the end of the hour, 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific. Uh, has it sunk in yet that the Cincinnati Bengals are actually in the Super Bowl? And i got to be honest with you. If you ask me right now, I will gladly take Cincinnati with the four and a half points. I'm with you. I, mm. I, I just the 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 path that they've taken to get here, and I don't know what this you know where we would compare this to, but the idea that this team went from you know Joe Burrow coming off the knee injury, the questions about them you know drafting Jamar Chase and not the offensive lineman Panay Sewell, Zach Taylor six wins through the first two seasons in a division where you know Pittsburgh, uh, you've got uh, Baltimore, Cleveland was on the, on the rise, and not only did Cincinnati get into the playoffs. They win their first playoff game in 30 years, and then they beat the one and two seeds on the road, and they're here. I mean, who the hell's picking against Cincinnati at this point? Why not? Let's roll. 125 to one. Is that right before the season? Yeah, it's a good payout. That's amazing. That's payout. A good 75 payout. to one, I think, just to win the conference. Yeah. Unfortunately, so just, nobody took that, but, no, you know, it's too bad. No. Um, and that's where people, though, you, you, get, you look at it and you just go, it, it's incredible to think that they're already here. I, I think to me, it felt like maybe a year too soon. Where I think next year you could have said it was a realistic chance with another draft and offseason, but they're here, man. I mean, and I'm with you. I'd take the points the way they've played the hot hand. You'd have to admit, I mean, Burrow has played as, as good as anyone at the quarterback spot this year. So yeah. wh- why wouldn't you ride that right now? Uh, uh, I don't want to compare them like line for line to that first Super Bowl team on New England. Because New England was a good team before they won that Super Bowl. Um, but they're kind of – I get the feeling about this Cincinnati team, like the feeling about that Patriot team that played in – I believe it was in Houston. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. And and nobody really was giving New England a fighting chance against the, the greatest show on turf. And – that was the that was the game where they all came out. They didn't introduce it. Totally changed the history uh, moving forward. The trajectory of introductions for the games it, it was changed because they all came out together. Yeah, and they won that game, and it gave way to what we now know as New England, the Patriots, the Patriot way. I just get this strange feeling. It's almost like comparable. Like you're looking at. The same team, 
although in L.A. now, uh, the same team where you're you're saying you have a bunch of stars on this team, you got Stafford who, if they do win, the storyline becomes really, really interesting for him because now you got to throw the Hall of Fame conversations into play if he wins this game. So there's a lot on the line for them, the dominance of Aaron Donald, Von Miller being back in the Super Bowl, Jalen Ramsey being a big star. It just seems like everything is aligned for the Rams to have their way for this unseemingly uh, Super Bowl-bound Cincinnati team. This just has that eerily similar feeling to that New England team when they came out and played that Rams team all those years ago. To your point, it was Brady's second year, right? It with was. New England when he yeah, took him. It was. They needed it some a big time kick to win it ultimately with, with Vinatieri at the time. So there's your four points. There's your there's your McPherson though. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. As far as yeah. like you, the you know, money young guy. Kinda, yeah, yep. the money guy kicker. Yeah. Uh I mean the team was a little different, right? They were kind of more led by their defense ground game than, you know, Brady did his part. Mm-hmm. But it, there, I think there's a lot of some there's a lot of similarities to me and how Joe plays and how Tom Brady plays when you watch them. Burrow's better at this point in his career than Brady was, though, isn't he? Yeah, I think that's fair to say because they yeah. put more on his shoulders. Yeah, and I think he's probably a better athlete too. He's better you know, moving athlete. and running. Yeah, he's a better. athlete. You see that. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's crazy. What at, at what point this season? And it's okay if it was like NFC or AFC Championship game for you because that's how it was for me. At what point this season were you like? They might go to the Super Bowl. Like, like they actually might go to the Super Bowl. It was when McPherson hit the kick for, to beat Kansas City. Uh, I was like, oh, you know what? It's happening, guys. I swear to God. Because I, I thought, all right, this has been a hell of a run. Uh, we, I think we all like them to beat Tennessee because yeah. no, no, nobody bought into Tennessee. But then they get to it's Kansas City. They're getting blown out. And then... Man, that that play call before half changed everything. That's going to be the moment that people look and go, man. If, if Kansas City just picks up another yard and scores there, we're not ha- like it or cancels just the a- field goal. Yeah, like what it, if it, what if Cincinnati goes on that New England Patriot like tear? Yeah. for the next like that is the play you will look at. Like some people say, like they just they just came out with a uh, the tuck rule. There you go. Yeah. That 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 documentary Which, just I, came out with I, him. I'm, and I'm glad New England was able to survive that because they nearly got screwed by the officials. They got it right, so I'm glad to see uh, that they have. Uh, <laughs> oh, <geez>. However, <laughs> however you look at it, <laughs> however you look at it, that gave way to what became the greatest franchise in the history of the National Football League. I don't know. I don't look at Cincinnati becoming that, but could this give way to a run where you're like, man, Kansas City gave way, or now the AFC North where you thought that it could be Cleveland, or maybe it's Baltimore, but Cincinnati? <laughs> yes. Yes. Now it's Cincinnati? Yes. Oh, man. Cincinnati? Hey. It is possible. And they're young to where. And I mean, they love it. Who knows? They they're young and they love it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, Burrow's a star. And I think this being on this stage at the Super Bowl is just going to make him a bigger star. I just hope, for the love of God, that they don't get blown out. Just please don't get blown out. I mean, at least, you know, Let's at least get a competitive game. I don't think we're asking for too much. The NFL's gods have been good to us for the p- yeah. playoffs thus far. It's going to be I, hard on that Cincinnati secondary, man. 
It's going to be a hard. But well, to that point, it's going to. Yeah. That's, it's going to be a hard game for them. But it's going to be a hard game for for the Rams secondary as well. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be – it's a pretty, pretty good matchup. I think the difference is going to be what what Cincinnati's offensive line is capable of doing with that front. Because if Raheem Morris comes out and, and he does some things that can make things a little confusing, again, Joe Burrow is still a young QB – Yep. This offensive line has been susceptible to to allowing guys to get in the backfield. If Raheem comes out and 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 just does what he's been doing, which is move Aaron all over the place, you never know where he's going to be. You got you got two other fine fine pass rushers, and 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 don't give Joe Burrow too much opportunity to get comfortable and get into a rhythm. It could be a long day. Uh, it could be a long day. On that on that note, interesting stat. The the Rams traveled the fourth most of any team this season in the regular season. Now we know they got the host Arizona. And then they had to go to Tampa. So it's not like they've traveled a ton necessarily in the playoffs, but divisional game or excuse me, championship game at home, Super Bowl at home. Jeez. I wonder how much because really they've only had to travel once now in the postseason, how much the rest and recuperation will play a factor as opposed to the Bengals, who didn't have that same luxury, even though they didn't travel as much in the regular season. But you'd have to think the Rams are really, really rested. And the time change. Listen, people may really, really underestimate the time change you live so much more life on the <laughs> You live so much more life on the West Coast like you ha- it seems like your days are longer on the West Coast. I don't know why, but when I travel and I go in- onto the East Coast, it's like man, the days end so quickly like it gets dark well, it starts yeah. early. <laughs> you get, right. You I mean it's it's so it, it I just don't – you don't feel like the days are as long. And then when you get out here, and if you're from the East Coast, you're out here, you're like, man, I'm tired, but it's only six. It's only six. But really, in actuality, it's nine. Like, it's it's getting late. That plays a part, I'm telling you. I don't know if it's harder. I think it's probably harder to have to come out to the West Coast and get your body to adapt than to go to the East Coast, I would assume. I wonder, because they talk about the home field advantage because this is played at SoFi and all that, but like everybody I talk to, Super Bowls aren't like a regular season game because there's a lot of people there so that aren't. There's a lot of waiting. Yeah, and, and there's also, I, I've heard there's a lot of companies that will have tickets and they'll have, there's like the suites are a big deal. So I don't think that it's going to be this dominant Rams fan base that shows up, uh, you know, and they're not going to get outnumbered, obviously, but I just, I don't, I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact on this game. I don't know. I talked to some of my buddies in Cincinnati. This past week, they're traveling. They're traveling. I mean, even some of my boys, like if, if they were a Cincinnati Bengal, whether it was in the past couple years, ten years, like they're going. They're coming. Like they got guys going. They are excited about it. Um, this franchise really feels like they got a shot, and this might be the start of a run. It, it and they want to. They want to be here for the start of it. If that ends up being the case, so I'm telling you that. I you know ticket prices are astronomical. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I think there's a feeling that, hey, it's been a while since we've been here. This could be our first ever. We want to be a part of it. Whether it's the beginning or the last one for a while, either way, they want to be a part of it. So I think there'll be a fair amount of Bengals fans here, but it is more of a corporate kind of sterile. It It really is. Uh, What about, uh, you know, there's going to be some phony fraud tickets that are sold and some poor bastard's going to travel all the way from Cincinnati, get to the front gate and... But, but why is that still oh, what a loser? How's that still happen? It's great. Look, I mean, if you, it's great. I mean, it's great. If you if you keep falling, bucks, hey, it's not great. my problem. If you keep yeah. falling for the magic trick, not my problem. I don't have to tell you. All what, right, do you like, what do you mean? They don't print off fake tickets anymore. Well, like, these things saying. are off QR they, codes. You never know, man. It's on the up and Listen, up. Listen, you never know. It's a, it's a weird time out you there. You are soulless. Uh, I'm just saying, there's a weird time out there. A lot, lot, of, lot of fake things you that are sold out there. got excited about a guy getting took. It's just funny. What about some little kid? Too. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Pop. Hey, Pop. Imagine hey, hey, Pop. you have your kid with you and they're standing there. What happened to the tickets, there. Pop? What happened to the tickets, Pop? Yeah. At the gate. Unbelievable. Yeah. Take him to a sports What's your bar. Kid? Oh, okay. Take him to a sports bar. Get him a tattoo first. Yes, huh? why not? <laughs> Come on. Like, you're in L.A. There's options. Kid's six years old. Hey, <laughs> start him young, you know? Well, what's the difference between a tattoo and a birthmark? A couple years at that point? I mean, come on. I mean, let's go. The amount of barbed wire that's that's on. Well, I wouldn't tattoo. know. I wouldn't know. Oh my! Uh, you know, <laughs> get man, a matching. Get a get a ba- imagine yeah. a tattoo of 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 a barbed wire around yeah. your arm. Man. That's good. And a dog. Uh, all right, it's you uh, always got to have a dog head. <laughs> two, always two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up next, uh, we are going to get into uh, a major story in the NFL. Uh, is the league trying to pull a fast one on a lot of people paying attention? We'll get into that for you here, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right. Little Pearl Jamma. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Um, <laughs> Ralph Irvin uh, just, uh, you know, just uh, put was, on a show. He was sea walking yeah, across, he did. The, across the window. <laughs> yeah, Ralph did. Very good. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, coming up, uh, we will get into um, the gift that keeps on giving in the NFL. Uh, right when you think this franchise uh, has made a mockery of themselves, uh, they do this. Uh, we will have that discussion here coming up uh, 10 minutes from now on FSR. So, um, you know, the NFL came out, Roger Goodell came out uh, on Saturday talking about obviously the Brian Flores controversy and the uh, d- diversity issues as far as the hiring process goes. Um, and and they've simply said that it's, you know, been unacceptable. Uh, they're going to be, uh, you know, trying to, you know, do better and look into this stuff. Now, I don't know where we stand on the $100,000 bribery case or, uh, you know, the claim that's out there, the sourcing on that. Uh, that seems to have quieted down a little bit. But um, it, this is is um it's super bowl week and so it feels like the last thing the nfl wants to have happen is to have to keep discussing the uh the hiring process and practices by the league and some of the issues that are surrounding this brian flores case so is this more of a uh hey let's just be cool here for a few days and then we'll pick this thing up uh you know on uh, after uh, the super bowl and then we'll have the discussion again is that how this is gonna go i, I thought this was the perfect time 
if you were Brian Flores to drop something like this on the NFL because you force them to have to respond to it where there's that dead time the week leading up to the Pro Bowl, but it's the last thing the NFL wants with the height of their season coming up this weekend. And so it 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 like it makes them have to pay attention. It makes them have to do something. To your point afterwards, like then it's really up to I guess what could happen maybe from the lawsuit that would come out from this as far as how far this will go. Because if you look at how arbitration is going to work, they'll ultimately he'll just have to meet with Roger Goodell, who's the arbiter, uh, the arbiter in this case, because of how their contracts are set up for coaches in the NFL. And then at that point, you know, based on the lawsuit, if the charges are dismissed or if it's dis- you know dismissed, then it's it's not going to amount to anything. But hopefully it creates some sort of change. But the timing of it, I thought, was very well done on his part, especially while he's still a, a finalist for uh, for at least one or two head coaching positions. It's going to continue to be discussed because that's this is one of those topics where there are so many different perspectives, so many different angles that can be be taken on it. It applies to more than just Brian Flores. And and that's why this will continue to be a conversation. I don't think what, what Roger Goodell had to say in his statement did anything to to relax it or deter people from feeling a certain type of way about it. I think that the conversations will continue to to happen and Regardless, you know, I was looking. I was when we were coming in. I was telling you guys, I was reading the the uh, Kevin Ali um, article about how he just got awarded uh, like eleven million dollars yeah. from UConn for for the way he was fired. And although I think this is different, obviously, but when you think about it in terms of you know the legal aspect of it, he 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 sued. It took like four years for them to come to that conclusion. So there's a chance that this may be a very, very lengthy situation in terms of what comes of this for for Flores and for the National Football League. But in terms of, again, and this is something we discussed over the weekend on Up On Game, you know, I'll throw this one out at you guys. There is a lot of outrage in this topic, there, this has persisted for many, many, many years. I said that the only solution really worth discussing in terms of Roger Goodell isn't going to change the protocols of how these owners make their hires. There really isn't too much of anything. Well, he, he works for them. That's why. Correct. They have to change it. <laughs> Correct. Right. So, so the idea of of putting these owners in a position where the outrage that comes their way about how they're hiring and the lack of diversity or inclusion is involved, they don't care because they don't have to, right? So I said, I posed this to Plex and TJ. I'll pose this one to you guys. They told me I was delusional. This was delusional to think that this could happen. But I said, the bottom line is, is if the players, if, if Flores was able to unite the players, unite the the minority coaches and even the coaches that support this. So not just minority coaches, coaches that support it. GMs that support it. We're, we're going to step away until y'all change it. We're going to step away until we get to this amount of people included. 
right? I said, that's how you will change it because you're ultimately impacting can, the bottom line. Can I ask you this, though? Yeah, sure. Because um, I've always wondered this. How many coaches, until people feel like it's fair or equitable, how many head coaches would it need to be? How many minority head coaches in the NFL? I don't, I, I don't know. Well, because that's what I think. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's what I think for simpletons, because that's how I think. I try to think like as simply as possible. Like, what number of head coaches? Because we always yeah. hear that number thrown out. Yeah. Is it half the league? Is it something that reflects but 70% the number, of the league? The number that's always thrown out in the justification department is how many black players are in the league. Right, so I'm right? saying so I'm saying, if 70% of the league yeah. has black okay. players, is it 70% I don't black know head what, coaches? I don't know what that is, but what I will say is, is if you have 70% of the league that are black players, if those 70% – of the players stepped away and said, you know what? This needs to change and and this needs to make sense before we come back and play. <clears throat> now those owners, <clears throat> excuse me, now those owners have to listen. Now those owners have to try to figure out what is the solution because the product on the field will suffer. And if the product on the field suffers, then everything is going to suffer. The bottom line will suffer. But here's my point. How realistic is it? I asked Plexico and TJ this. How realistic would it be for all of the minority players or the players that support this coming together and saying we're going to step away in solidarity until this is changed, we're not going to we're not going to play. How realistic is it to think that that could happen? It ain't happening. Here's the hard thing is 100% ain't happening. It, it, it ain't happening. It probably won't. I mean, I, I was a part of the lockout. Yep. And you saw, and the reason why I say it probably won't is it was so hard to educate guys and prepare guys for a work stoppage, which is really what you're talking about. And guys knew two years leading up to they still couldn't do it. They still couldn't prepare themselves financially for living a lifestyle that was going to be able to get them through six to eight months of not getting your bonus, not getting the money that you get just being there for OTAs. Mm-hmm. And minicamp. And and they still couldn't get through that period of time. So I, I think it's incredibly unlikely. I, although I know this idea was floated back when we were, people were talking about the CBA and will be the easiest way to make a bunch of or, – or gain a bunch of ground in the CBA. And it would be strike right before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because that's where you've got yeah. the NFL by the cojones, if you will. Right? And then you'd be making a statement to the owners – and to everyone out there, how important it is to you if you're willing for those playoff teams to forsake a potential chance of winning a Super Bowl and instead say, no, we want to make sure we get this right. So to your point, I mean, I think that would be an incredibly effective way oh, of doing it. It's probably the only way. It's just, could you ultimately get everyone to unite like that? No. No. Yeah. And, and that, it, the, the, I, you know, I, I, I wish that wasn't the case. I, I wish we could unite it, on something like that, but you're right. Probably not. You're probably never going to please everybody. It's never going to happen. Like, look, we see like some of the stuff that LeVar has gotten from, you know, morons on Twitter who don't like that he's got a different opinion about the whole Flores stuff. And just the bombarding of name calling and everything—you're never going to please everybody on this topic everybody. ever. So the idea that, 
like what's the number if the league had you know half you know African American that, that's coaches why I bring it up because because you go what's the number well then what it it it, it then there, what there's going to be people that look at it and say it's still well, not then enough it's going to become it, owners right then it's going to become okay we've satisfied the the amount of coaches now we've got to move on to GMs we're going to satisfy that now next up is now there has to be more ownership. Like, it, there's always going to be something else, right? Like, let's be clear on that. But, again, going back to the original point, the reason why I use the word mock outrage, yeah, mock outrage, it, it, the bottom line is I always have said if, if we're going to get things done, we can't be ceremonial. When it's ceremonial, it's like in the moment, it's all in. Like, this needs to change. I support it. If you don't support it, then you're a sellout. You're not in on this. You're this. You're that. Okay. But if you really were to stop, like, I, I asked I asked at least four or five of my, my guys that I was talking to this weekend about this Flores situation, even with TJ and Plex, uh, would make six or seven. Would you do it? Would you do it? And I asked myself, like, would I do it for the sake of, of of the idea of there needs to be more minority coaches? There needs to be more minority minority GMs. Would you do it? Would you would you not play? And then the conversation, you know where the conversation went? The conversation went to think about all of the things you sacrificed and all the things you did just to have the opportunity to get recruited to go to college. Then you get to college. Think about everything that had to play out. Everything that had to play out for you to have an opportunity to even make it into the pros. And then think about what had to play out for you to be able to actually stay in the pros. You know what guys are, are paying attention to? Hitting salary bonuses, hitting hitting incentives, getting a new contract. You know what else they're thinking about? Getting fully vested. I want to make sure I get my my full amount of time in the National Football League so that all of the benefits that I can get from this this league when I'm not a part of it anymore, I want to get all of those things. You know what they're not thinking about? I'm not thinking about if a coach keeps his job or not. I'm not. You know why? Because I'm thinking about if I'm keeping mine. You know what that coach is thinking about? Because last I checked, when you go into free agency, you get cut, different things happen, them coaches – are looking at you like, good luck, <laughs> good good luck. It, 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 <laughs> like like it, it, it really is like a it's it's a survival. That's what it is. So so if you're sitting there like, because a lot of times people didn't even and I didn't even think about this till I started talking to some of my comrades. They're like, how many of them coaches really care about us? I don't care what color he is. How how many of these coaches really really cared about us? You start to think about it like. You could think about may I, I could think about maybe one or two in college. Yeah, it always goes back I, to the lower levels. In the pros, right? in the pros, I can't really think of George Edwards, love him to death, Coach Deshaun. There's like probably less than a handful of coaches that I could sit there and tell you I would trust having a man to man conversation with them, telling them about my personal feelings and personal things or whatever, where we can we can exchange on that level. Otherwise, I don't bang with none of them. You're here today. You're gone tomorrow. I'm looking at you like you're probably going to be gone before the next person. So what are you doing to try to make sure you stay around? I've been around a lot of different coaches, 
and it's always about self-preservation. And a lot of these parts of the conversation never even came up. So in order to be able to change what's going on right now, there would have had to have been a lot of people coming together and saying, together, if we step this way, the owners have no choice. But the reality of that is, is that there's not enough care or want or accountability to one another to even go down that road. They're yeah. not going to, nobody's going to go and risk it all. Like my wife and my kids, my girlfriend, whatever it may be that I take care of, my mom, my dad, my family, they mean more to me than that coach. They mean more to me than that coach. Yeah. Period. The conversation's not going anywhere. It, I mean, it's, can, and that's the just... point. It's like you can keep, and that's why I asked the question last week what is the ultimate end? Because if you win that hundred million, that hundred million isn't changing the way they hiring yeah. people. It's just a hundred million that you're going to get awarded. I mean, honestly, whether he wins it or there's a settlement, he gets that money. It doesn't change it, anything. It only changes him. It only it only, it only gave him. him some justification. It's yeah. no different than honestly the the Rams moving, and, and that yeah. that was they, they settle right. It's over. It satisfies whatever, but it doesn't. Does it change an owner picking up when to move whenever they want? And yeah. if a person wants to really, really get upset at hearing that, oh well, there's nothing I can do for you. But if you if you exercise logic and sensibility and what it is that I'm saying, what he's doing is it, it it brings a conversation. This conversation has persisted in the NBA. It has persisted in the MLB. It has persisted in the National Football League. People continue to still do the same thing. So we can oh, he can do that to create conversation. People can talk about it all they want. But how are you going to change it? You can talk about the problem, but where's the solution? And to me, I've been thinking, I've been racking my brain the whole entire time. What's the solution? What's the solution? The clear solution would be guys have to step away from the game, and they got to be willing to lose their jobs to do it. Who's going to be willing to do it? Who's coming with me? <laughs> Who's going to come with me? No, no one's grabbing yeah. the goldfish. Nobody's nobody no one's jumping grabbing up. the goldfish and coming so with the Jeremy. So as long as that's no the case, as long as that's the case, it's mock outrage. I'm with you. That's all it is is hey, mock outrage. I told Jonas it's PTR, man. Protect the rating. Yeah. That's what's about it. <laughs> People think it's about winning and losing. And that I, that was the most eye-opening thing that was ever said to me. I was like, wow. <laughs> all right, so you don't want me to try <laughs> to throw out, take a chance to get back into this. So We're just going to protect the rating, huh? Uh, it's a two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. So coming up next, we've got an edition of the BQ News on nice. a Monday. Lots of shenanigans in the world of sports and beyond. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to up on game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hutchmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Base shoulder. Oh, yeah. 
Base shoulder. Yeah. Oh, I know what you want. Base shoulder. I love how Lavar's not just using different body parts to go with the base. Yeah, base shoulder. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah, somebody's got to talk. It's radio. All right, uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Life Sports is a radio. waterfall. Uh, it is, is true. Life is a waterfall. Uh, yeah, we didn't get any stories from uh, Birdo at the uh, System of a Down concert. Uh, got drunk. Weekend. It was awesome. Oh, I, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, right. I, Boom. Uh, I, I saw the video. That was definitely uh, 10 or 12 deep for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Four shots there. of tequila. Yeah. You know. <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right, it is, uh, again, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. If you missed any of this show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com afterwards. And we'll be back on the air tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. Right now, it's time to put a bow on this bad boy like we do every single week, and it's called this. News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's the good news? Here's Brady Quinn. All right. And away we go. (laughs) You know, every once in a while, I like to mix it up a little bit. Uh, You guys know China's building a 3,000-mile wall, a border on a southern border, and uh, they're doing this in an effort to keep out COVID-19. Oh. They're building up a wall. That's what it wait, is. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. That's what it is. <laughs> is it like the free virus moving by itself, void of any type yeah. of uh, host? or I, I, I guess. Or, I mean, it's, or it's, is this COVID in people? Yeah. Uh, I, I, maybe it's both. I mean, <laughs> okay. they, they would know. That's a good point. You, think they, they, you know. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just saying. <laughs> I heard COVID you can up. leap. Walls in a single bound. Yeah, is what I've heard. that's what they're concerned about. Yeah, yeah, so. but, but don't worry, the Olympics yeah, are there. High wall. Yeah, yeah. The, the Olympics are there, everybody. So don't even worry about it. Everything's fine. All right. uh, yeah. Hey guys, just when you thought traveling on some crappy airlines couldn't get any worse, <laughs> there's what, Brady Quinn's what, story. What happens when uh, Frontier and Spirit Airlines merge? Because that's what we've got for six point six billion dollars. Frontier and Spirit Airlines have merged. So get ready to check out Twitter, your social media feeds. There should be some viral videos coming soon. All right. I've been on Frontier. I've never been on Spirit. But everything I hear is that Spirit is basically cage fighting <laughs> on a plane. <laughs> like, like there's, always a, like, there's always a fight on a Spirit airline. Why really? is that? Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. enough about them. They're ba- they're based in South Florida. So oh, I, happen to, oh. I happen to know a little bit about them. But okay. they, they, they charge you for everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. I thought they were cheap. They are. That's why. So if you want to just go on a plane and fly somewhere, you can fly very cheap, but you're not going to get water. Air. You're not going to get water. I don't think they charge for air. <laughs> Bro, they charge for carry-ons. They charge for $20 a minute for air. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they charge for everything. Dang. So that's where they get the money back. Yes. So the initial, the, when you purchase a ticket, they're like, as long as we get you in here, we'll figure you're going to buy something eventually. Yeah, if you want to sit on the plane and have carry nothing on with you, have nothing with you, and then not entertain yourself or eat or drink anything and look like a psycho, you can do that for very cheap on Spirit. Do you know the Rob Parker trick when he goes on planes? What does he do? All right, so if he doesn't want to check a bag because he doesn't want to pay the $30 or whatever it is to check a bag. He takes the bag through security. No, he, he does. You're allowed one carry-on on, right. most, on most flights. Right. He'll bring a carry-on, and then he wears four layers of outfits, clothing. No. I swear to God. This is no. a true story. He wears four outfits at the same time no. so that way he doesn't have to pack them in, a, in a, a case to have to pay for. I don't even want to tell some of my Come secrets I swear to God. security, but like, there, there's ways of like having additional bags and getting by. And like, then... 
the other thing he does is that when he gets to his hotel, if there's clothes that he wants to get rid of from home, he'll bring those clothes and he'll just leave them in the hotel room. And then he'll buy new clothes while he's out there. And I'm like, why would you do that? He goes, well, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I figure it's a little gift for, uh, you know, the people cleaning the room. I was like, yeah, because so many six foot four women are cleaning your room, Rob. They're not going to fit. Okay. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But he's just, he's got this. This mentality to traveling. <laughs> I still don't really thing. understand that concept. So he's I, expecting the cleaning ladies to take his clothes yeah, out of the closet. It's like a gift. It's like a gift. Wearing your clothes, and then you're going to re-wear them, but you are wearing them as if you were packing them, but you're wearing them. Come yeah. on, Rob. Yeah. Come on, Rob. <laughs> you're my guy, but come on, Stop Rob. Stop it! Come on, man. All right. Have you heard about this teenager? Uh, he's asking Elon Musk for $50,000, and here's why. So he's got this Twitter bot that follows around Elon Musk's jet, his, his tail number. And so he's asking Elon that he says, hey, look, he'll stop, he'll take it down if he pays him $50,000 for doing it. Blackmail. I mean... Elon well, Musk feels like it's threatening his health and safety by people knowing where he's at because this bot is yeah, tracking that's fair. his tail number. But, uh, there was a kid... But if you um, give him the 50000 he's going to want 50000 more. Uh, D- well, no, Dana White had this issue where somebody got a hold of his information and went on Twitter and was, like, giving out his address or something and said, uh, you know, I'll give out your uh, your credit card number as well, too. And Dana White was like, eh, you, you don't have the balls. Uh, you don't have that information. You're bluffing. And he did. <laughs> Had everything. It turned out it was like some 13-year-old kid who yeah. had cracked the system, gotten a hold of it, and then you know ended up getting in trouble. But yeah, he had that kind of power. Jeez. <laughs> he did. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If you How give him this? the money, he's going. He's going to ask yeah. for more. Like I got 50 I, out of him. Yeah. Bet your ass. Elon Musk got that money. He's going to find somebody to find you, dog. He doesn't have a crank. You better shuttle, be though. careful. Does he have a crank? <laughs> that <shuttle>? bot <laughs> going to disappear, and so are you. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.